Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody listening to Independent Corner. This is Jonathan Moody, and here with me is my special guest, uh, Jenny Kwan. How are you doing, Jenny? Hi, Jonathan. I'm doing great. How are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> now, I guess, uh, you know, you're, you know, one of the biggest things that you've been in is the California Dreams. Mm-hmm. And before you had started with all that, I just want to know how you got started doing acting. Well, let's see. When I was 11 years old, um, I started in a kids' singing performing group called Kids of the Century. And uh, as a kid, I was really, really deathly shy. Like, I would not talk to anybody. And I just, I was just really a mute, basically. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't open my mouth. And uh, my mom got me into the singing group. And basically, the only time, you know, I would do things is when I was singing or performing and um, so we went to New York to commemorate the Statue of Liberty and uh, on the way back on our our plane ride back you know I was taking a nap and uh, I remember my sister who is my chaperone at the time she was waking me up and she's like Jennifer go meet the agent and I was like no you know I was I was in a deep sleep and so somehow I remember waking up and it was kind of like a scene out of a movie where, you know, there was this woman sitting in the aisle seat and all the kids, you know, like in a I Love Lucy episode dancing and singing around her, just like acting crazy. And and I went up to her and, and I remember my sister pushing me up to her and, and she said, oh, hi, Jenny, I'm I'm Cheryl. Would you, would you like to come home and try acting? And I shook my head no. She said, you don't want to try acting? And I said, no. And she said, uh, well, if you went into an acting class and you really liked it, would you come meet me in my office? And I shook my head no. And she's like, well, why don't you try it? And if you like it, come and meet with me. And, and somehow she had convinced me. I said, okay, you know. And Saying I it over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she basically was like, come on, it's fun, you know. And and uh, I just remember standing there. And I, I think I even had like dried drool on my cheek or something. But anyway, she uh, convinced me to do it, and I came back home, and I got into an act, an acting class, and um, I fell in love with acting, and, uh, you know, I was singing also at the time, you know, starting my singing lesson, so that's how I got started. Wow, that's really mm-hmm. cool, though. And, um, and so you were in school, though, and everything. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I was able to stay in school... Um, the whole time, you know, I basically, let's see, I started when I was 11, I got into the acting class, and um, when I wasn't at school, I was in my acting class on Saturdays, and I had singing class during the weekday, and uh, when I turned about 12, that was the time that I, you know, had gotten my pictures and all that kind of stuff, and so I started going on auditions, so I rarely had to miss school, and um, I got my first actual professional job at 16 so it was it was it was quite some time you know a few years before I landed that first gig and which I think is actually better you know I was a little bit older and and I wasn't really spoiled you know from the very beginning because I didn't get any jobs you know I got far but I I didn't land you know my first job until 16 so so were you out in California then or were you living somewhere else like Outside of California? Yes, I was living in California, in Los Angeles. Um, that's where I was born, and um, I've lived here, you know, 
all my life other than if I've had to leave for other jobs. So born and raised in California in Los Angeles, a true Valley girl. <laughs> well, that's good, though. And, yeah. uh, wow, that's kind of funny, that a girl that's raised in L.A. and had no real real interest in acting. Or <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's usually what you think, right? But I guess exactly. when you're out in L.A., you're kind of used to that. Well, I mean, just because I didn't live in Hollywood, I lived in a suburb of, oh. of Los Angeles. And, again, you know, I was just so shy, you know. But when I did get into acting, you know, for a little kid and even for adults, it's like play. It's like pretend. I wish more people would take acting classes so they can, you know, release those inhibitions and just allow, you know, that play to come out of of, of all of us, you know, um, that we so desperately need, you know. It's, it's a great thing. Okay, well, um, uh, we were talking a little bit before uh, the show, but um, i get to my next question. Is uh, The IMDb list, your first thing is being in a uh, little shop uh, cartoon as mm-hmm. Audrey. Uh, <laughs> tell us about that. Well, that was my first actual gig, and I remember it because I, that, I it was a singing job, and it was for um, Saban Entertainment. And I remember going there and... Um, auditioning for it and I actually had to sing um so you know I it was a little bit more comfortable doing that since you know I started singing you know just a little bit before I started acting and um gosh I I mean I can't even remember now you know going into the studio to record all that stuff but that was prior to you know pro tools and all you know the computer programs that shift and change your voice you know to make your voice perfect that was not the case you know for me and you know i was a, a young 16 you know so having to go into the studio and and really record the songs first of all and then match it to the actual drawing of the cartoon and the flaps of the mouth um gosh when i think about it now it's like wow okay i did that you know and um it was my first gig, and I did a few seasons of that. And I know somewhere I have it on videotape still. I, I still haven't transferred it to DVD. But um, I remember, you know, my mom would watch it on Saturday morning, and it was on Channel 11 here in Los Angeles, which is Fox. And, you know, it was just a simple, simple, you know, drawing. It wasn't anything too intricate but it was just it was an exciting time it was an exciting time i was able to you know turn the tv on on saturdays and and see that you know and it it was just a very very bizarre experience but it was a great one and they they were just so sweet and um later um when i was doing another job uh i remember the people from saban calling my manager and and she told me, she said, I have this funny offer for you, but I, I just want to run it past you even though you can't do it since you're working. But um, the people from Saban called and said, we know Jenny doesn't do karate, but we are willing to teach her, and we have this new show, this new pilot that we believe is, is going to you know, really hit, and uh, we want her to come in and, and be a Power Ranger. So... At the time, you know, <laughs> had I left my other job, I could have been the yellow Power Ranger, but I don't know if anybody would really want that because I think my karate skills would have been lacking. So, I mean, I think well, it's... Well, you could have learned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could have. I could have learned. <laughs> but oh, I could have been the yellow Power Ranger, which would have been actually hilarious. But uh, 
let's just say everything works out for a reason. I was uh, was was watching one of the old uh, California Dreams episodes, and uh, was it uh, Sly thought you, uh, since uh, you were Asian, that you uh, knew karate, karate <laughs> or whatever. So you shot yeah. the hokey pokey. Yeah. And I I just I almost la- I just almost died laughing just because I saw it coming, and I couldn't <laughs> believe he couldn't see that. You know, like the character couldn't see that coming there. Yeah, it, it was very cute the way that they had introduced um, the character of Sam, just that all the boys had, you know, a specific, you know, thought in mind about what this girl from Hong Kong would be like and all the stereotypes that, you know, come with being a girl, first of all, and a girl from another country, a girl from Asia, you know, and, and they really kind of played that out. And in the end, you know, um, Sam ends up teaching him this lesson, you know, and it was it was just a sweet way to kind of portray that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I don't think it was like harmful at all. Or no, 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 no. Sure, you wouldn't have done that if. Uh, no. Yeah. No. Uh, knowing firsthand, but um, all right. And uh, before you uh, made your mark on California Dreams, it says that you were an episode of Nine Hundred Two and O. What was that like? <laughs> oh well, you know, I actually have a funny story about that. Um, again, you know, I I was I was pretty shy. I was. 16 still at the time, you know, when I got that gig. And, you know, at the time, I had not been watching the show at all. So I actually remember I was like, I'm not going to watch the show just because it was popular and I was I didn't want to fall into the cult following, which, of course, now it's like I love watching all the reruns five <laughs> times over, you know. Um, but I remember going to the set, which was near my house um, in the valley, and um I remember that I was in the dressing room, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, when you go to the set, depending on on if it's film or if it's um, a four-camera show, which usually means it's uh, video, but in the 90210 case, it's film. So, um, you know, they have to set up the shots, and sometimes, you know, it takes longer to set up the shots. So many of the times you'll be in your dressing room for a longer period of time, you know, than you might expect just because there's a lot of technical um, things that have to put together. So anyway, I was waiting in my dressing room, and uh, and I hear this, Jenny, Jenny. And I was like, oh, are they looking for me? Maybe they don't know I'm, I'm here. So I said, oh, I'm in here. And uh, I remember that this head pops in, and it's Luke Perry. And I inside I was like, oh, my God, I feel so dumb. you know. And he's, he's like, oh, and I said, I guess you're looking for the other Jenny. He's like, oh, yeah, that's okay. He's like, my name's Luke. And I was like, oh, hi, my name's Jenny. And he was very sweet. And then, you know, I remember once I got onto the set, you know, again, I did not open my mouth. Unless someone told me to say something or do something, I was just basically a mute. You know, I was, you know, I was just taking everything in and making sure I was on the right, you know, set or, you know, on the right mark. And, you know, I didn't want to do anything wrong, you know, and, uh, I remember Jason Priestley saying, do you ever talk? And I said, only when I need to. You know, he's like, hmm, all right, well, you know. And so it was, just, it was just such a very, very surreal experience, you know. And, and now when I look back and if I happen to catch that episode, you know, my friends will tell me. But I just, it's very vivid in my mind of what happened that day just because it was, I was so shy, you know. It was, it was quite an experience. 
It, it sounds like it. Um, <laughs> I have to check that show, uh, that episode myself. Um, I guess I don't know. It doesn't really repeat that much anymore. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's a older one. Let's just say. I wonder. I haven't even seen if it's on uh, DVD or not. I'm sure it is. Yes. Yes, so. it is. Uh, do you do you own that now? I don't, you know, um, one of my friends told me that they saw it un- under, like, you know, on IMDb, if there's a product list, you know, if I'm in anything, and I guess that happened to be in it. So, I mean, I, I possibly could get it if I wanted to, but I think my mom had recorded it at the time, so I should have it somewhere. Hmm, nice. Um... All right, well, let's, uh, I guess now let's get right into uh, California Dreams. We talked a little bit about that stuff, but um, let's actually like get right into it. Um, okay. Uh, how did you get the part uh, for California Dreams? Uh, this is such a, a fun story. Well, what happened was, you know, I, I went to the regular audition, and there must have, I can't even remember how many girls there were. There were a lot of girls, and... I literally must have auditioned, um, and this is also including our singing auditions where we had to go into the studio, uh, probably about nine auditions. And, uh, yeah, it it, it was a long process. um, But what ended up happening was on the very final callback, it was myself, it was Kelly um, Packard, and it was another one of my best friends named Alisa. And all of us were different. Kelly is, you know, the traditional, what you would think of, of as the traditional California, you know, blonde hair, blue eye, beach girl, which she is, you know, which is, right. is truly, you know, I mean, it was cast perfectly, you know. And then me. And then my friend Alisa is she's Hispanic and she's gorgeous. She has, you know, like the dark hair with the bright green eyes, just stunningly gorgeous. And we're like, okay, you know what? Whoever gets this part, it just comes down to, you know, whoever fits the type, you know, because if people were to look at me, you know, in my case, it's like I was born in California. I was born in L.A. I spent my, you know, weekends and days, you know, during the summer at the beach as, you know, a youth and everything. But, you know, in in the case of casting for a TV show, who is going to fit this part to a T, you right. know? And um, and so, you know, I remember Kelly getting hired. And, and there was just something about, you know, we had met on the last couple callbacks, and we just... I just thought she was such a doll, and she tells this story, and she's told it before, but I guess I'll go ahead and, and tell it, but um, that night when I found out that I didn't get the part, you know, of course I was disappointed, but I just thought, you know what, it all just boils down to who fits the part best, and I remember calling her, and she was just so sweet about it, and she's like, I know we're going to work together again, and a year later, you know, here, you know, I come, you know, to, to come to the show and um the rest is history so does and the actually director like from uh i guess did the casting director before like see you uh like did they make the role for you or did you know how did that happen well what happened was um when they asked me to come to the show i was doing um miss saigon at the time i was on tour and mm-hmm. 
the casting person didn't even call me. It was Peter Engel, and he has a very distinct voice. And I remember getting the phone call, and he said, Hi, Jenny, this is Peter Engel. And I said, Oh, hi, Peter. You know, and he said, Do you want to come home and do a TV show? And I was like, okay. So, you know, I, I mean, it was just, again, it was just a bizarre thing, you know. And uh, I remember at the time my my contract was coming, you know, up for uh, negotiation. And so it actually happened. I I would have stayed on the tour had, you know, this opportunity not had come, you know. But it was it was just, I remember finishing out the tour, finishing out my contract, getting on the plane the next day, coming home the next day after that. I was in the studio for seven days for at least eight to 12 hours a day. I'm not exaggerating. And it actually was a very grueling process. Again, this was the time before Pro Tools was invented. And so the process of recording was a lot more arduous. You know, it was it was it it just took longer. You had to be... Um, you really just had to have your chops up and running. And I think, you know, at the time I still was, of course, you know, coming off of being on this tour and, you know, being in that mindset to automatically going into the studio. So, you know, when I, when I listen back to the music, you know, I can tell, you know, I, I, I think, oh, I could have done this better. Oh, I could have, you know, you know, done this differently, but, you know, now that I'm older and now that I look back, I, I just think, well, you know, these were the circumstances and this is what I was presented with and I was very young and and um, and so I did the best that I could, you know. And you don't regret any of the decisions, I guess? Absolutely not. No way. No. That's really cool. Um, all right, so I guess um, uh, what was the uh, most exciting part about doing the show? About California Dreams, I would say, you know, our time there together really was just such a magical time. And it sounds so cliche, but, you know, we've talked about this. Um, I think it's really rare when you come to um, a show like this and the chemistry is just so strong and... You know, I'm still best friends. Kelly's my best friend. You know, Michael is, like, one of my closest friends. We're all really tight, you know, the three of us. And William, you know, he's gone on, and he's he has a family, and he's pursuing his his um, his degree. You know, he's getting a master's in theology and psychology, and I'm wow. just so proud of him. Yeah, he's an amazing person. Um, I, what I would say, what I would, you know, take away from, from the show is, the lifelong connections that I've made and the experiences that I could never trade, ever. Like, we just, it was like going, I I, I didn't even say it was like going to work, really. You know, it was like going to have fun. And (laughs) I just remember, oh my gosh, going to work and, you know, I have a really good work ethic, but I wanted to fool around, and a lot of the times I would, you know, and I'd have to tone it down because I was like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Meanwhile, the boys would get in trouble because they didn't know how to tone it down, you know, but um, there was this one episode. I just, I don't know what happened, and I feel so bad for Kelly, and and I know that she was able to use it in the scene, but um, it was an episode where she was supposed to be taking steroids, and the scene where we have an intervention with her, one person got the giggles and we had to stop that take 
I don't know, maybe like five, six, seven times because someone would end up laughing. And I remember I was like, oh, my God, like I had to bite my cheeks because I could not stop. You know, it's just it's a contagious sort of thing that happens, you know. And, and you know, we did get a little bit reprimanded. But I think, you know, for her it probably was a good thing because she was getting mad. You know, she she had this very serious scene, you know. And here we are being goofs, you know, just laughing, you know. And, and, and she, I think, though, she was a pro about it, unlike us, you know. And she really, really delivered in that scene. So it was it was pretty amazing. Now, was it a live show, or was it like, or was it tape, pre-taped and then, you know, and then shown like at all to a live audience at all? What would happen was we would um, have a block day, you know, to set the cameras on Thursdays, and then Fridays we would, you know, bring in all the audience. Our main demographic was, you know, like teenagers at the time obviously because it was about, you know, us being teenagers and our antics and trying to get, you know, our our band to get gigs. So um, we had a lot of uh, kids that would come from different, you know, schools or groups or, um, you know, you name it, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts. They were, they were about, you know, I would say anywhere from 10 to 18. And we had about... Gosh, I don't know how many seats in that audience. Maybe I want to say 500 seats. I, I, I can't exactly remember, but they would pile in on Friday, and um, we would tape the show in front of a live audience. And I, I mean, I just can't tell you the energy that we felt with that. You know, it was, it was just a really, really great, fun time. And uh, and then sometimes what would happen was if we had um, we had to sometimes film an extra episode that we couldn't fit into the schedule. So what we would do is we would do these shows called pickup shows. And after the whole audience would go home, sometimes we would have to shoot, you know, two or three scenes from the pickup show. And then what that, what that would mean was then later they would have to just, like, edit everything together and, and you know, put in a laugh track later. But uh, the majority of our shows were done in front of a live audience. Wow, really cool, mm-hmm. yeah. Much like Saved by the Bell and exactly. the other shows that uh, Peter Engel produced. Exactly, yeah. And, and that, yeah, and I'm sure, because I've been, I've been on one uh, TV set, actually. I was on uh, Big Brother Jake uh-huh. back, back when that existed. Um, <laughs> and, I, you know, I never even heard of the show, but it was, it was filmed um, actually kind of locally uh, in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, you know, watching the TV, you know, watching the show through the thing, it was, they were, oh, my God, like the actors were just so, so professional in doing the show. It just didn't, you know, there was, I don't think I remember any outtakes at all, like any, any mess-ups. They just. Oh, really? Yeah, they were really good. And um, Oh, know, we had mess-ups. <laughs> we had mess-ups, and they were funny. Like, we were thinking, does anybody have a blooper tape around? Because... <laughs> That would be that would be fun to watch. Yeah, that would have been awesome to put on the uh, DVD. <laughs> um, speaking of which, well, we we kind of didn't really talk about that too much, but you know, it's out on DVD now. People yes go out and uh, buy uh, seasons one and two. Yes. Um I'm guessing if seasons one and two do well enough that they're planning to do the rest. Or well, that's what we're hoping. You know, I mean. 
that's that's the one thing about this. You know, we all have different reasons, of course, for wanting the DVD to become successful. But one of them is so we can do the next um, seasons, like three and four. And <laughs> we actually talked about that the other day. And um, just to have them for our own collection, you know, and have the complete, you know, collection of all the seasons. But, uh, you know, it's just an interesting way to look at your life. And we're very fortunate to have been able to do that. And, um, yeah, we're hoping that Seasons 1 and 2 does somewhat well. Supposedly in New Mexico it's, it was sold out within the first couple weeks. And I was like, really? You know, because I was the skeptical one. Like when I've had so many people ask me, you know, well, when is your show coming out on, on DVD? And I said, when pigs fly. And so now I was like, I have to, you know, take back my words because I was such a a skeptical person about it happening, you know, but uh, I am happy that it did happen. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> really cool, though. You know, yeah, I mean, because I know I, I heard in an interview that you did with uh, Kelly mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Michael and Brent um, that apparently uh, you you were going to, like, record all of them on Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, that never good. ended up happening completely. I started... And then I I left, you know, and I still have those DVDs, so, uh, sorry, Kel. I still have them, though, but I, I'm keeping them safe in my possession because I didn't know, you know, that this was going to happen, and I had a machine that was recording it from VHS to DVD, but now it's going to be a lot better because the packaging is much better and everything is in order with the labels on it, you know, for when I don't remember what you know, what the show title is called or, you know. So it, it just, it, they did a really nice job putting it together. Now, who put it together? Was it, it was, was it Shout? Or? It is, it is Shout. It is Shout Factory. Um, they're the company that also put together different shows like Spin City and uh, My So-Called Life. Oh, and, my favorite, uh, Freaks and Geeks. Yep, yeah. Freaks and Geeks, yeah. So we're in the company of those shows, which I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, I remember I, I remember seeing it, and they've got a list of different uh, things, you know, a lot of uh, different shows, like Mr. Belvedere. Yep, and Mr. Belvedere was on our show, too. Mr. Belvedere, uh, Belvedere himself? Yes, yeah. I remember he was on our show, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's Mr. Belvedere. He played <laughs> one of our teachers, obviously. Well, uh, he could have played almost anything, actually. Exactly. Like, at that point, he could have played, like, an agent or exactly. you know, like, scouting you guys or something like that. Yeah. You yeah. could have done almost anything, but um, a lot of, you know, I, I'm sure, have you had a lot of special guests on your show? We've had, gosh, a lot of special guests, Mr. Belvedere, like I said. We had uh, uh, Fergie at the time, Stacey Ferguson. Um, she was gorgeous, I remember. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, she's gorgeous. We had Tara Reid on our show, Nikki oh. Cox, uh, Jamie Kennedy. And uh, I remember Jamie Kennedy the most because I just I remember he was in he had a couple lines and and I just remember like looking at him and and I was laughing though he was just a funny guy at the time even you know just kind of you know there and and real natural but he was really nice he played a surfer dude and um, at the time when Tara Reid was on our show I just thought she was so cute I was like oh my gosh she's so cute you know and um, I'm trying to think of who else was on our show we've had. Some some good you know people come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it. You had uh, you had Michael Bauer um, from Salute Your Shorts and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of 
wow. I'm just looking at all the, the guests. It, it's got a list of your guests. And, yeah. And it's yeah. incredible that a lot of these people had gone out. Um, even Brittany Powell, who was in the Yes. And, and, you know, we had Carmine. Um, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember his uh, real name now, but Carmine from Laverne and Shirley, which I was like, wow, this is really cool. You know, those are the people who... I was kind of starstruck by, you know. I mean, he w- has been around forever. And uh, I just remember when he came on the set, I thought, oh, he is real. <laughs> well, we do um, have a caller. Okay. Okay. Uh, 520, you should be on. Hello? Oh, hi. My name is Erica. Oh. And I'm actually <laughs> a great friend of Penny's, and I, I just love her to death. And I had to call in and say hello. <laughs> so it's fun to hear your voice. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm yeah, so I'm excited. Yeah, I'm going out to buy my copy. I can't wait. I'm excited. <laughs> it's going to be all my friends, Jonathan. It's going to be my friends. <laughs> and I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but I'll let you go, but I had to say hi. <laughs> Thanks. Aww. I'll call you later. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I left you a message. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. Wow, you're right. Earlier, you were saying a lot of your friends <laughs> call in and say hello. And <laughs> I love it. My friends, I have the best friends in the world. They really are. All of them are just, I'm I'm very lucky. Um, Erica, I've known, we've known each other um, with another few of our girlfriends since high school, since our freshman year in oh. high school. And, you know, we've we've been very close. Just, I'm just so lucky. Wow, that's really awesome. Yeah. It does seem like we have a lot of people in the chat room, too, so. Oh, great. Uh, a lot of, just as guests, so a lot of people just, um, that have been uh, checking it, uh, checking out the show, but, um, and, um, I guess, wow, it's like, uh, six people in there, so. Great. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, and, you know, uh, if anybody wants to come on, uh, to come on and call in, too, and ask a question, at least, I mean. <laughs> a lot of your friends, I guess, won't ask questions. I know. That'd be, I, I mean, you know, they, what they, they know don't everything already know. Exactly. What they don't already know, but, you know, I, I did say they could harass me if they want. But I'm kidding, you know, so. Well, I mean, they won't harass you. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just so. totally kidding. All right. So um, I guess the uh, next question, um, how many hours a day did you guys work on the show? Like, how long did it take to do each episode? The way that our show was structured was we would come in on Monday and we would do what's called a table read, which means that the whole cast would come together and whoever was a guest star on that episode that week would come in. And we'd have all the producers and all the writers come in and just hear the show out loud for the first time. Um, And we would probably come in about 11 o'clock after our table read. We would rehearse just to kind of put it on its feet. And on Monday, we would probably leave about 3 o'clock. And then Tuesday and Wednesday, what would happen is we'd come in again, maybe at 10, and we would work until 5, uh, just rehearsing the show and blocking the show. And Wednesday, about the same time, um, depending on, you know, like when we would get the sets in and all that stuff. And then Thursday, uh, I kind of mentioned this before, Thursday was our very, very long day, um, which meant that... We would have all four cameras come in. We would block the show. And at the end of each of these days, 
on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we would have a run-through, which means that the producers, the writers, and the director could see the show, and if they wanted to make any adjustments, they can make the adjustments. Thursday was our longest day. We'd probably get in about 8 or 9, and we wouldn't leave until about 8. And then Friday, we would, you know, we would tape the show twice. Uh, we would come in at 9, and we would, you know, get ready for the day. And then we would tape the show first without an audience, just in case they didn't get anything they wanted or needed in front of the live audience. And then we would do the whole thing again in front of the audience from, I would say, about 3 to about 8. And at the time, for the first season that I was there and the season be before I was there, uh, Kelly and William were not 18 yet. So that meant that since they were minors, they had to be finished by a specific time because there are laws um, that that the union you know makes you follow if you have minors on the set. So if if there's any minors, then the the time change is different. They have to stop sooner. They have to stop for breaks for school, and um, and breaks for you know rest or lunch. Oh, I mean, we still got breaks for lunch, you know, as adults, but it's just different for for minors. Oh, wow. Um, we do have two new callers, but uh, let me put the first one on real quick. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> 646, hello? 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 Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. <laughs> it's off my phone. Okay. <laughs> Hi, this is Angela I. Um, I just wanted to say that I love Jenny Kwan. She's the most awesome actress in the world, oh, and um, yeah, and and plus, uh, my husband wants to. He wanted to say that <laughs> he really loved her and Saved by the Bell. Okay, okay. Let's get the show straight. Let's get the show straight here. <laughs> anyway, she does have the best friends, and we have the best friend too. So thank you. Thanks, Angela. Calling in. <laughs> Another one of my best friends on the East Coast. <laughs> Thanks, Angela. Um, all right, well, we, uh, let's take the other caller is a 818 number, so probably another one of your good friends. Okay. Uh, 818, you should be on. Can you hear me? Yep, we can hear you. Hi, this is Sally. I'm a longtime <laughs> fan of Jenny Kwan. <laughs> oh, God. And I have had the privilege of seeing her perform on stage, both as the lead in Miss Saigon and the lead in Avenue Q at the Mark Taper. Oh, hello. And I, just, and I just wanted to ask Jenny, Jenny, what is it that you love about performing in front of live audiences? Well, hi, Sally. Hey. Uh, hi. What I love about performing in front of live audiences is there is nothing in comparison to performing in front of a live audiences as opposed to tape or film just because you get that automatic feedback automatic you know response to what you're doing um it's it, it it's almost kind of like a rush you know well it is a rush you know if you take the audience on a journey with you they're there with you you know and you'll know when they're not with you and so getting that immediate gratification of knowing that you're affecting someone is it's just an amazing feeling you know whether you're making them laugh or you're making them 
cry or you're making them question, you know, something, you know, you're making them think, you're, it, it, you can just feel it, you know, with what you're doing. So. Well, and you were so amazing, too, because in Miss Saigon, it was oh my a tragic role, and then in <laughs> Avenue Q, it was so comedic. So it just <laughs> to watch your versatility. And we have some young fans that want to say hi to you. I think Roxy, who turned five today, wants to say oh, hi. Happy hi. birthday, Roxy. Thanks. I think that's your youngest fan, and also Bubbles wants to say a quick oh. Hello. Hey, Bubbles. What's up? Not much. Thanks for calling in. Okay. Anyway, we'll let you get back to your other fans. But Thanks, fun. Sally. Fun. Thank you. Thank you, Sally, for calling in. Okay. Aww. You got it. That was really sweet. Aww. Yeah, and see, you got fans, you know, of all ages. Oh, yeah. Well, Sally's my manager, so. <laughs> she. I can't lie. Uh, that's awesome. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it was great for her to call in. Um, I appreciate it. Um, anyway, uh, so let's go on to the uh, the next question is um, that we've got on the uh, agenda here. Oh, because you just answered the, uh, the, the stuff about how the show uh, was run and everything. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, the next one is: Are you? Uh, are you? Would you say you're still fairly close with the cast, other than some of the ones you had uh, mentioned? Well, like I said, you know, I'm really tight with Kelly. She's, you know, I think, you know, I, I believe in soulmates, and she definitely is one of my soulmates. You know, whether we're, you know, together in the same town or, you know, apart. There's something. We were born in the same hospital. And, oh, wow. uh, yeah, which is really bizarre. Um, so we're connected in that way, you know, and, um, Michael is like my, he would kill me for saying it, but like my dysfunctional brother. And he'd be like, why are you calling it dysfunctional? But, you know, like we're like brother and sister, you know, so we know each other, you know, for such a long time. And, uh, William, like I said, he has his family. Now, Jay moved to Australia. Oh, and wow. from yeah, from what I understand, you know, he is married now, which is really cool. And um, and his lovely wife, you know, runs some California Dreams fan club sites for us, which is and I've seen them before. Which she does a really great job, really great. So uh, we're really appreciative of that. And um, and uh, I've just recently seen Brentley again, Brentley Gore, which we used to share the same music manager. And uh, when I found out that we did, it was it was very bizarre how I found out because I had seen um, our music manager and he had, I don't know how he had mentioned it, but he said, oh, I want you to, you know, listen to this band that I'm, I'm repping now. And, and uh, he gave me the CD and I was like, is that Brent? And he's like, how do you know Brent? And I said, we did California Dreams together. So it was, it was really fun, you know, having that connection. And um, Will is also a really, really great person and, you know, just a hardworking person and a genuine person that you would find here, you know, in the music business. Um, so that was, that was a fun connection there. And, um, and so, yeah, those are the people who I know about and, and keep in contact with. Oh, wow. That's really cool, though. Um, yeah. And um, let's see. Uh, uh, 
Did you guys uh, Did you guys actually know how to play the instruments, or was it just vocals? Well, I will say at the time, uh, you know, we did sing our vocals, most of us, and at the time, I didn't play the keyboard, but now I am, you know, I, now I know how to play the piano and keyboard, which I wish I had known back then, but I, I remember telling the musical director, I said, can you please just tell me which keys I'm supposed to be around so it looks somewhat decent, you know, I'd, I didn't want to be completely, completely off, but uh, but now I can say, if if we had to go back and do a, a live concert, I could play it. <laughs> nice. Badly, at least, but I could do it. Now, were you guys ever thinking about doing, like, like a tour or something, like California Dream? That's so funny. We we had talked about that the other day, you know, because we were talking about, you know, going out to promote our, our DVD, and uh, there's some talks about that. But we were just talking about that. That I said, well, we'll have to play our own instruments, and, and Kelly's like, uh, okay. And I said, well, okay, well, I'll play the keyboards. And, you know, like, if William came, then he really he's going to play the drums, and I don't think the bass line is that difficult. So uh, that would be hilarious. That would just be so funny and fun, but uh, the person who we were talking to about it said that, you know, we would really have to put some work into it to, you know, make sure we could recreate what we what we want, you know. We, we right. would want to do it the right way. But, you know, we just kind of threw it out there. It would be funny. It would be, and it would be great, you know. I mean, I'm sure a lot of your fans would love to come see you and support you guys, <laughs> you know, um, and you might have some new fans. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. With with the DVD, a lot of people are watching that kind of stuff. Then, you know, uh, especially the box cover looks really great. Oh, uh, thank did a fantastic you. job. Yeah. I yeah, mean, they did that. That photo shoot was a really fun photo shoot. That actual beach house that we that we did that photo shoot for was also in one of the episodes. Well, a few episodes of um, 90210. I remember because when I watched it, I was like, "That's where we shot our photo shoot for California Dreams." Um, but yeah, they did a, a really nice job, and um, I also wanted to just you know thank all the California Dreams fans for being so supportive over the years. Like I said, you know, random people would come up to me and say, "Are you guys ever going to have a DVD set coming out?" And you know, of course, my response was the skeptical response. But um, just thank you so much, and you know, I still would get on my MySpace, you know, people you know, creating California Dreams MySpaces or websites or, you know, like just trying to, you know, have a connection still. So I, I think that hopefully we did our jobs right, you know, and just creating, again, just such a special show that people want to watch still. So I'm really, really grateful for that. Really cool. Um, so I guess um, now what was, your, what was one of your favorite songs to sing? <laughs> wow. There were a lot of songs. There uh, was. I, I looked up some of you know, the lyrics today and just realizing holy crap there was a lot of There are are a lot of songs. Like I said, you know, that first week when I was in the studio I kind it was it was just a lot, you know, when I when I went back. Um so I'm trying to think. I'm kind of going through my brain. You know what I would say? I would say my favorite songs to sing were the songs that included all of us on there. Um, I know it's kind of cheesy, but uh, there's a song called I'm There. I like that song, and I really like our last song, I'm Glad You Know I Was There. It sounds like I don't even know it, but it's called I'm Glad I Was There. And uh, the, another reason why I like that last song, 
for the obvious reasons is because, you know, it was the culmination of everything we had gone through together. And also uh, on the musical element of it, it kind of reminds me of a Beatles song, like when you listen to it. So I also like it for that reason, too. And I and I enjoyed singing the songs that I had to sing too. I just it was really fun to have that whole group ensemble feel to the songs. So those are the ones that really stick out in my mind. Now, did you did you guys write any of the songs at all, or was it just pretty much all written for you guys? Actually, those songs were written for us. Um, a man by the name of Steve Tyrell, who is an amazing jazz singer now. He, uh, you know, produced um, shows like The Heights um, with Jamie Walters, and um, he produced California Dreams and a, a lot of other shows as well. Um, right now they're kind of slipping my brain what other things he, he did. But uh, he produced the songs, he wrote the songs, and then also a man by the name of Barry. I'm forgetting his last name right now, but uh, I just remember when I was in the studio Barry would sing, and he could sound exactly like Michael McDonald. It was amazing, um, and it, it, he he was just so super talented. But those two together, it was they were amazing, you know. And uh, for the time, you know, the songs like uh, Kelly was just saying the other month, she's like, if these songs would have gone, they could have been on Coast forever. You know, Coast is kind of like a soft hits radio uh, channel out here, and it's true they they could have been on on those channels for a long time. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I know, you know, for definitely for like uh, I guess early '90s music, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, and uh, you know it's past the '80s and it's going into like the uh, the soft melodies of uh, the early '90s, uh, especially kind of like you know uh, you know back then I guess uh, Goo Goo Dolls and all that you know stuff were kind of just starting to really like come out and kind of exactly. You know, and so they were. Uh, that's kind of what it reminds me of is those you know early. Early early nineties music, you know that I was into when I was, you know, when I was younger. So. Yeah, I remember because uh, we were on the same lot as um, Fresh Prince and Jay Leno, and we would go over to the cafeteria, you know, to eat. And uh, I can't remember the band who sings "Hey Jealousy," but they were performing that night, and um, we were talking to them, and that just kind of reminded me of how you said like the Goo Goo Dolls and stuff. That that was our time, you know, that was our era of musicians, you know. So that was really funny. Yeah, I know, yeah, Fresh Prince and, uh, you know, people like that. But, like, yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of the uh, music is just uh, very kind of soft, you know, melodic music and uh, really nice love songs, you know. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. my my favorite, if I if I had to pick one right now, is I Handle, I handle It With Care. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I remember. <laughs> you remember that song? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And uh, that was one of the songs that I had to record right off the bat when I got home. So I do remember that. And that song was actually in a few episodes. That's awesome. Um, we have another caller. I don't know if it's, this, if it's one of the same ones or not, but um, uh, 818, hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hello, 818, you're on. Hi, hi, this is Beverly. Uh, music is hi, hi, Beverly. Hi, I'm a fan of Jenny Kwan's. And <laughs> Jenny, I just wondered, you know, who who have your musical influences been? Oh, that's a good question, Beverly. Uh huh. Um, let's see. When I first started singing, when I was 11, uh huh, my parents would choose my songs. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> 
So one of the first songs I had to sing at age 11 was Saving All My Love For You by Whitney Houston, which is so hilarious. What 11-year-old sings that? Me. Uh-huh. Was, yeah, and so uh, Whitney Houston was, man, when I started singing, that's who I emulated. You know, I wanted to just have that voice. Uh-huh. I don't know what happened, but I wanted that voice. Um, uh-huh. Who else? Um, at the time, you know, my parents used to listen to music on the weekends. Uh, I love listening to the Carpenters. Uh, Karen Carpenter had this very just soothing voice that just calmed me down. Uh-huh. Um, who else can I think of? Um, I loved Mariah Carey, you know, in the 90s. I remember, you know, trying to hit some of those notes that she would sing. And I also loved, you know, at the time when I was a kid, uh, Debbie Gibson, you know. And those uh-huh. are just the females. But I, I also liked, you know, different rock and pop artists as well. But okay. as far as, you know, singing, my, uh-huh. first, my first recollection are those people. Very interesting. Thank you so much. Thanks, Phoebe. You're welcome. Thank you for calling in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like you. Yeah, wow. More and more friends, huh? More yes. <laughs> going to be like that all night. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. And some good questions, too. So supportive, yeah. I, I mean, again, I, as you see, you know, I'm, I'm, I have such wonderful people in my life, so I'm really lucky. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess... Um, what was it what was it like being your character Samantha Wu? Well, Samantha had a lot of energy. A lot more energy than I had. Um her character was very fast-paced and you know, I guess, you know, I I could identify with that, you know, she would talk a mile a minute without even, you know, taking a breath, you know, and eventually as she you know, grew and grew up, you know, with with the show, you know, I would say that her character was kind of, you know, a little bit mischievous, a little bit naughty, you know, the, you know, the kids were always getting into, you know, different situations that they, you know, were either like sneaking into some A&R person's office or, you know, um, gosh, like always trying to get that gig, you know, but... She was just a very, very wacky character. Um, Just wanted to really experience the true American lifestyle, you know, because even though her character, you know, had come from a different country, she really was a California girl at heart. So, you know, I could really identify with that. And anybody who's watched the show probably can see that too, you know. She's very different from, I, I think, what you would think the stereotypical foreigner would be, you know, in America. So she's yeah, very, very like, animated. She was very cultured in America. I mean, she had, like, I guess uh, from watching the first episode that you had been in mm-hmm. on the um, second season, that you had, uh, A, that you had been a fan of Christian Slater. Mm-hmm. And you she knew her American culture. Yeah, she was definitely she was Boys. into that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's uh, also I think you said that you had gone uh, your I mean your character had said that you had gone to uh, like a uh, like an American school in mm-hmm. Hong Kong. So mm-hmm. it was you know it was interesting to you know to see that character and to to have you go a mile a minute. 
from yeah. the very second we meet her, she's doing this stuff. And then I guess throughout the shows, you kind of, you know, once you start, you know, getting to, like, know the characters and everything, you, you, your character seems to calm down a little bit more. Exactly. And, you know. Like I said, you know, as the character grew with the show, you know, as with anybody, you know, as you grow older, you know, you start to change and develop and and probably because she felt more settled, you know, in 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 America, in California, you know, that she didn't have to get everything she needed to say out at once, you know. She could just have more fun in the antics that pursued, you know. Exactly. And that's that's really cool though that you know, that your character like like your character definitely develops. You know, and uh, a lot, a lot of the characters develop into different, you know, into the way that uh, you know they eventually become too, and they grow up and they, right, you know, and it's just, you know, it, that that's what's so great about seeing these shows and everything, uh, you know, that that the sh- all the shows, the characters, you know, the, eventually, you know, like things happen and you know they start becoming more more of an adult and. It's really cool, you know, to kind of grow up with these people. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would say that's really interesting because I, I I would also notice that you could probably see it from the beginning of the episodes when we started up until the end, the different arc that the show would take. You know, we're really lucky that we had Say by the Bell to precede us because that set the precedent of what could happen. Um but also our producer had said to us, you know, at the very end that it's true, like I said, there was a, a very special chemistry that our show had. And I don't know if a lot of people would necessarily see that, but he had mentioned that. He said, you know, you guys have developed this family, this chemistry that is is just set, you know, and is unchangeable, you know, for what we did. And... I guess, you know, I, I would want to say that that's what I'm seeing now, you know, with people wanting to be connected to it still and still, you know, know what's going on with our, you know, personal lives or what is, if, if the show's coming out on DVD. And um, so I want to say that, you know, they were able to, to see that, you know, progress as, as the show went on. That's really cool. Um I know, yeah, and uh, Peter, you know, having done Say About the Bell first, I mean, that's it, it's great that you guys were able to do that and be completely original in your own way, you know, that, I mean, even though it, it seemed like there there was a kind of a, a, a you know, a, the stuff that there's similar stuff from Say About the Bell and from California Dream. Well, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of... Uh, undeniable, you know. It's it's. We had the same concept of the show, except our show had music to it. But I I, I see what you're saying. Most definitely, I said. Uh, but I would think that the difference would be is because we are different people. That that's what would bring you know about the different way that we would approach it, and our chemistry would be different. And you know, Say by the Bell was awesome. Again, like it, it, we we're lucky to have them. You know, because that made room for our show. And uh, but yeah, a lot of the the storylines, like with any sitcom or with any you know half hour series, for the most part, you know, in that genre, in that era, you know, the storylines were just rehashed. It's just how these different characters are now going to approach it, as opposed to maybe you know Zach and and Kelly. You know, now it's 
it's Jake and Tiffany or, you know, Sly and Sam or, you know, what have you. So um, that's what made it different. Uh, yeah, I remember specifically, like, there was uh, the um, the blind date uh, episode, I guess, the uh, episode where Sly was uh, dating a girl that was blind. Nikki Cox. Mm-hmm. What was that? That that the girl who played the blind character, her name was Nikki Cox. Oh, that was oh my god, that was Nikki Cox. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, uh, I haven't seen that episode in uh, forever, so I need to, uh, you know, I think would that be on the uh, the next set if they uh... if they if they do end up doing two new seasons, that would I believe fall into the next season. There's only four seasons, right? There's five seasons. Five seasons. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you guys kind of did, yeah, Save by the Bell went for five seasons, too, before they went off to college, I guess, too. So I think they did five. I think, yeah, they did five seasons, too. That's crazy that you guys, I mean, that's great that you guys got a chance to, both both shows got, you know, five five good seasons. Yeah, know? yeah. So, um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, Nikki Cox doing that stuff, but, like, the Blind Date episode reminded me of, uh, like, I think there was an episode of Save by the Bell where, you know, stuff like that handled, you know, and it's just, Sly is a different character, you know, mm-hmm. like, he's just, you know, he's, uh, you know, like he says in one of the episodes, he's got no conscience, <laughs> yeah. and so he's a little bit different, you know, but he's, he kind of, yeah, throughout the seasons, he kind of grows up a little bit, too, and uh changes you know the way that he is you know so most definitely most definitely you know and and the the thing with that is you know the character of Psy is you know they joke about him having no conscience but in reality his heart was huge and right. that's what really shows through and that's why this group of people decides to stick by this person despite all the trouble that he has gotten all his friends into exactly and that's, I mean, that's really great, and that's what friendship's all about, pretty much, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I guess um, the uh, next question I have, um, now, we, we talk a lot about Saved by the Bell, but were you a fan of the show? You know, I, I did become a fan of the show in, in the later years. I really didn't remember, I I remember that it started as Good Morning, Miss Bliss, right. and I didn't watch it back then. I think, you know, I really, again, it was the same thing with 90210. I, I really didn't know too much about it. And as it became more popular is when I learned about it. I must have been, you know, going to my singing lessons and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't think I was watching too much TV at the time. But when I did catch it, I just thought it was such a great idea, you know, for this producer to create television that was friendly to teenagers teenagers and you know in a very wholesome way in a way that you know was very light and very playful but you know and and when they did touch upon some some heavy duty subjects you know they they would go there and you know i know it's it's fun and cheesy but I, I'm happy to put out a product like that because, you know, with TV and film, there's a lot of things that aren't cheesy and fun and lighthearted. There's a lot of things that aren't like that. So to have something to contrast that and to be a good show where, you know, kids and teens and families can watch it together, I'm, I'm, 
I'm happy to be a part of that. Yeah, even even 90210 is very uh not uh you know, not teen friendly really. It was more, you know, more more honest and more Right. you know. Well, that right, that was more, you know, that I I would say that was more um, not reality in the sense of reality television real, but you know, a little bit more dramatic whereas California Dreams and Say by the Bell was more of a it was a situation comedy is what they would call it, you know, where they would set up these situations. And, and again, it was based on comedy, so it's definitely going to be different. The feel is different, you know. Like I said, with 90210, it's a single camera, which means it's film, as opposed to a four-camera in our case, which meant it was videotaped at the time. Right, now, when you have four cameras set up on you, um at one time, I mean, is that just like just to make sure they get all the angles from every, and then they can edit later, you know, which which angle they like the best, or what's the four camera setup really like? Well, it's it's very interesting, you know. I and I had learned this a few years ago that the I Love Lucy show was I don't remember. I believe it was a two camera setup, and I believe it was the first time they had done anything like that. Um, you know, I don't know too much about it, but what I can tell you is for those specific types of shows like situation comedies, it just added a, a different depth to it. Um, again, because you're not on location, so to speak, you know, out on location like really being at the beach or really walking down the street, your, your, your setup is in a set, you know. Um, so it just brings it more depth. And uh, I remember when... I had, I don't believe, yeah, I had only shot single camera prior to that, and I remember when I was coming off the tour, I thought, am I going to know what to do? Well, no, but I'll just wait for them to tell me what to do. And honestly, to tell you the truth, it really wasn't difficult. Blocking is blocking, whether it be theater, whether it be film, whether it be for camera. You know, or whether now these days if it's like a single camera that's chasing you around, it's just a different style. And, you know, if someone tells you to stand on this mark and face a, a specific direction, that's all you have to remember. All right, well, I just have to face left or I have to face right or I have to open up my body. And uh, I think, you know, once I went to go and do that, everything else just fell into place. It was as if they weren't even there, you know, except for when I saw the red light shine like Cindy Brady. <laughs> when she got when she got caught off by the single red light shining in her eyes. Nice, uh, Brady Bunch. Uh, yes, Brady Bunch. Reference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> For those um, of you who don't know what Brady Bunch is. Uh, oh my goodness! See, I forgot what it is. The other day there was oh MacGyver. Somebody said that they were gonna go pull a MacGyver at my work and. Uh, some kid, uh, some teenager was like, what's MacGyver? <laughs> we were just, like, me and my friend just looked at each other going, oh, my God, we're old. And he was only 21, I'm 27, so we we, we felt old. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hear you. I, I, I actually was catching a little bit of the new 90210 because I haven't watched any episodes, and uh, there was one scene where one of the characters said, oh, it's like an after-school special. And the other character said, what's an after-school special? <laughs> and I was like, wah, wah, they're really young and I'm not. <laughs> wow. 
And that was on 90210? It was on 90210. It was very that's funny awesome. the way they set it up. It was just very that's innocent. Great. What's what's an after-school special? I'm wow. I'm sure that it's a writer that uh, is a little older. Yep. <laughs> I wrote that in there. Most definitely. So that's, that's great. Um, but anyway, um, okay, I'm going to ask, uh, what episode would you say is your favorite that you've done? Um, that you that you got a chance to be like that you either that you were in that you were the main like part in or that you just love to watch. Okay, there are two. Um, well, amongst the, all of them are really funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you three, but for different reasons. My first one, uh, it's called Granny Wu Shu Flu, and basically <laughs> the premise of the story is that. Samantha has, you know, this tea that her grandmother, you know, uh, created years. It's like this ancient recipe, you know, that goes down the line in their ancestors. And it's tea, you know, but uh, it's such a funny episode because what happens is uh, Sly thinks it's a good idea to market this tea because I think it was the character of Tony was sick. And so she gave him the tea and he automatically was cured. So Sly wants to market this. And so he, they market this, this tea, and, uh, you know, of course, it becomes this big debacle because the tea is now, you know, manufactured as opposed to being, you know, a passed-down uh, family recipe. And um, we filmed this commercial for it, and that commercial was just, everybody in it was really funny. It was just so funny, you know. And, and uh, I remember Michael had to dress up as, like, <laughs> this, I don't know, like this blob of cold, and it was really funny. And uh, and then I remember in the later part of the episode, we were celebrating and we were doing like this conga line. And if you watch it, this is why it's also funny. If you watch it, we were all fooling around, right? But right. I don't remember who it was, if it was Michael or if it was William, but one of them just socks the other in the, in the conga line, and you could see the other person just, they're like, oh, you know, but we had to do it. And, and he slipped it in. He slipped it in right to where you could not barely tell, but if you really were looking, you would see that I think it was William who got punched, that it was just a real subtle thing that if we watch it, we know what happened because we were there, you know. Right. Um, so that, but aside from that, you know, it was a really, really great episode. It was a strong ensemble um, show where everybody was really funny. Um, so that was, I would say that would be the one that would stick out in my mind the most. Um, and then there was another episode uh, called High Plains Dreamer, and that was a really fun episode. Uh, we, uh, t- The character of Tony has a, a dream, and in the dream we're in a Western. So that was just really fun for, you know, just the character portrayals that we created and the, the concept of it and the, and the, the, uh, the wardrobe for it. It was really fun. Um, and then um, the third one, and this is just my personal favorite because oh, I, I, I'd probably get in trouble for sharing all this, but it's funny. It's called The Fashion Man, and uh, the character Samson is in that um, episode who he used to be on the old American Gladiators, and uh, it's an episode where Sly goes to be a fashion model, mm-hmm. and there's just all sorts of of things going on between the cast and uh, on the very, I think it's the last scene, something happens where 
William cannot stop laughing in Sharky's. And something happened, I think, where one of the characters said something, and it was really funny the way she said it, and we just started cracking up, but he couldn't even stop. He couldn't stop even when the camera was rolling. So if anybody watches that episode of The Fashion Man, you can see it when we're sitting there that he's just like hidden he's trying to hide because his shoulders are just going up and down from cracking up he just couldn't stop and and i was luckily i was luckily blessed to just be able to just bite my cheeks and not laugh but uh that was a really really funny episode just to get through now i i the one i remember the uh, out of the ones that you said is the one i i actually watched uh kind of recently because i've been watching the uh uh, DVDs, but the High Plains uh, Dreamer one is definitely uh, definitely one of the really kind of fun ones. Yeah, uh, it definitely had that. It, it has that you know Save by the Bell sitcom kind of feel where mm-hmm. it's dreams and um, you know is now in the old west or whatever. Um, but I, I really like that. I mean, a lot, a lot of the shows had done that, but it was fun. You know, it was really fun, and it was fun to film and. You know, we all had a we all had a funny part, and it was just he, they did a really great job of writing that episode, and just it was it was just a really fun episode to film. And it was it was a chance for you guys to kind of break out of the uh, the normal, you know, in a way the normal characters that you were playing exactly. and kind of play something a little bit different. It was kind of like uh, our characters were exaggerated, so that made it even funner to do, you know. If, if if our characters weren't exaggerated enough, this was just over the top. So that <laughs> <Yeah>. was fun. <laughs> and uh, but I, I believe uh, was it, uh, people got hit by uh, uh, bottles, I'm sure, like in the old, you know, uh, cowboy western kind of things. Where right. You get hit by bottles all the time. Um, that seems, and that, that's always like, I guess, when you see those kind of like stereotypical uh uh, Western parodies. That's definitely one of the things, and I, I, I really had a good time with that one. Um, when I was watching, that, I was like, "Oh my Thanks. god, that must have been fun to do." So yeah, yeah, and I'm glad that kind of that shines through that we were having fun with it. Exactly, and I mean, otherwise, it, yeah, I mean, it must have felt more like a field trip. <laughs> exactly, like I said, you know, I didn't really consider it going to work. We were just going to have fun. Exactly. Um, so, okay, um, but what, okay, so what was, now that you've answered that, what's your favorite, what's probably the most stressful one to do? Hmm. You know, I, I don't think any of them were stressful, to tell you the truth. I would say what maybe was weird was when we'd have to do the pickup shows when we had all this energy, you know, from taping in front of a live audience to going back to it being really silent and maybe doing one or two scenes to keep that energy up. But I I don't think there's, I don't think I ever had a stressful, I take that back. I had one stressful uh, episode, but it was because I was really sick. And I remember I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And I was just extremely sick. So, you know, when you're sick like that, it just exaggerates everything that you're feeling. But I, yeah, I don't think any. I guess did you pull through it? And oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you're a professional, so I mean, you're, sure <laughs> you're okay with that. But that must have that must have been hard too. Yeah, but you know, honestly, now that I that I think about it, that it was on one of the days that we were rehearsing, so it really wasn't that big of a deal. But uh, okay. Probably <clears> so when you're actually in the show, we can't hear you like coughing or. Oh no. You know. 
No. Like, uh, it doesn't shine through that way. Oh, no, no. I don't remember ever being that sick where I couldn't get through it. Well, that's great, though. I mean... Uh, Luckily. I'm sure <laughs> if you couldn't, they would, you know, reschedule or something. No, no, no. You would just you would just have to suck it up and keep going, you know, on, on that schedule because they had to, you, you know, get it done by a specific deadline. It's different, you know... If it, if it was live theater, you know, sometimes people still, you know, are able to get through it. If I have to sing live, that's what stresses me out, you know, because it's just, it's a lot harder. And, uh, you know, if you're singing something that's a little bit more difficult, you know, sometimes all your senses are thrown off. You know when you're sick and it's like if you have a head cold, it's you feel like you're in a cloud, you know, or you can't hear as well. So that's a, that's a different story. Oh, cool. Uh, that's awesome, though, that um, you got, uh, you know, a lot of that, uh, you know, e- even though they were, that it might be kind of kind of a stressful environment sometimes as far as, you know, having to brush and get a lot of things done, um, that you guys still have fun and you guys, you know, still get a chance to, like, hang out, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, if you were to ask our castmates, they they might say the same thing, you know. It, we were just, we were young. We fooled around a lot, you know. We played pranks on each other. Um, we had the world at our fingertips, you know, at the time. It was like a time when the Saturday morning shows were very popular and other producers were trying to create shows to create that same feeling, that same chemistry, that same magic, you know. Um, but Peter Engel had it down to a science. He really really did well with creating these shows, even past California Dreams, or he had other shows that he created that were very successful as well. Um, exactly, Hang Time and mm-hmm. City Guys. And exactly. Everything like that. And that was uh, that was the thing. That was Saturday morning, you know, TNBC. You know, exactly. everybody, everybody wanted to uh, watch those. But I, I remember most of them mainly, like California Dreams especially, not in the mornings on Saturday, but more on like um, on syndicate on like yes. um, you know during the uh, during the week. You know? Exactly, exactly. Our show was actually specifically designed to go into syndication, um, and I don't know if that's if if he had our show specifically in mind for that or all his shows, but I know specifically for our show that was our goal was to go into syndication. So. We were syndicated to TBS for yeah. a while, and then we were syndicated to, uh, which is now called the CW. It was Channel 5 at the time. Um, like, so we well, were, I think it was the WGN that... Um, yeah, back then it was... Yeah, sorry. Back was, in the day yeah, it was WGN. WGN yeah, before it was CW. Um, <laughs> so we were, we were syndicated to WGN and TBS and some foreign markets. And I remember one time getting a... Uh, an email from a friend, they were down, I don't remember if it was Puerto Vallarta or Cancun, that they had emailed me and said, I'm watching you in Spanish. <laughs> wow. And I thought that was really funny. I was like, I hope, I hope the person can talk fast because the character of Sam in the beginning talked very fast, you know. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, that's just, uh, you, uh, you didn't even get a chance to see that? That's no, no. That would be hilarious, though. It would be funny. 
to see who would do your voice and how how they would do it. I uh, I, I watch HBO and Latin sometimes, you know, the Latino HBO. Yeah. Spanish, and it's just it's incredibly crazy the people that they get to voice uh like somebody like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, they're incredible. <laughs> they're incredible. Like, you know, it's just incredible. So I I would have loved to see who uh who did uh Samantha Wu. Me too. Uh maybe somebody uh you know, got a copy of that somewhere and be able to send it to you. That'd be awesome. You know? Maybe there's uh, someone out there who, who has seen that or has it somewhere on videotape or D V D but it that would be that would be pretty funny to see. No, it would be one of your Mexican, uh, you know, fans out there. <laughs> your, uh, all your episodes on uh, tape somewhere. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I guess, um, uh, do you still get recognized for your role as Samantha? You know, I do, and uh, it's funny when I do. Uh, my mom, <laughs> she used to tell me if I was going out, you know, out of the house without makeup, you have to wear lipstick. I'm like, ugh, I don't want to put lipstick on. And then, of course, when I have no makeup or, you know, I'm sick, that's when I get recognized, you know. There's a funny story that one time my my husband and I went out to dinner. And, you know, usually I can tell, you know, sometimes if someone is just eyeballing me, you know. I don't I don't mind, you know, when people, if they come up and they say, hey, you know, I, I like your show, you know. I'm happy because then that means that they, again, you know, they like the show. So anyway, but these people didn't. They were like, they they were maybe a little bit younger than me. And somewhere, I can't remember where he found it, on some chat room or on some online somewhere, but this person had posted, I saw Jenny Kwan in the Thai barbecue restaurant and she had curly hair and glasses, and she was with some big guy. I don't know if it was her dad or her brother. And it was like, what? My dad? That's not my dad. <laughs> it was so funny, and it was funny that he was able to find it. And I, I knew exactly what she was talking about because my hair is naturally curly, so I probably didn't blow dry. I was wearing my glasses, and I remember I was sick at the time, of course, when I'm sick. So, uh that's what happens, or you know, um, you know, it's happened where people would be like, you know what? Did you go to so and so high school, or are you my uh, my daughter's soccer coach? Or um, I love this one. Hey, are you, are you an actress? Yeah. Oh, I loved your show. Are you the Yellow Power Ranger? <laughs> mm, no. And then I don't want to say, you know. And I was on another show, you know, basically. No, you should have been like, but I could have been. No, yeah, I, I sometimes I'll say that. It just depends, you know, if I'm <laughs> how how embarrassed I am. I'll say, you know, yes or no. But, oh, gosh, I wish, you know, I, I was thinking about this. This is the funniest one, though. And I wish I'd called my friend to ask her how it goes because my girlfriend and um, and uh, and her husband can, can tell it the funniest. The funniest one was... <laughs> Oh, gosh. We used to work for Disney, and we went to, um, there's a place around Disneyland. It's kind of like an outdoor mall that has movie theaters and shops, and and, uh, and we went to go there after work. It's just, like, fun and, like, you know, outdoors and stuff. So we went, and we went to this empanada shop that one of uh, my other friends had showed me, and I wanted to show them. 
so we're sitting down and we're eating and <laughs> this young guy comes up to me and he's like, hey, um, are you an actress? Yeah. Uh, are you that girl from California Dreams? And I was like, yeah. And I can't make the sound. I wish, you know, I wish I'd asked my friend, you know, to repeat the story to me because she could do it exactly. But he looks back at his friend and I don't know what he did. He did some like guttural sound like, yeah, 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 like to say, that is a girl. But he did some weird guttural sound. And I just look at my friends and we're like, what is going on here? It was just so funny and I couldn't stop laughing because I think he was just so excited. It was just probably kind of like a frat call or something, but I, I, I didn't know what was going on or like who he was making that sound to. But to this day, like we laugh about it because the sound was so funny. And again, like I wish I'd asked her, you know, what, how to do the sound, but I, I, I can't, I can't mimic it as close <laughs> as they can, but it was hilarious and that is awesome he was just so you know excited and it was it was just really it was just funny it was funny but that that was the funniest but um i would say too like the most like when i'm with kelly or with michael if it's if it's just me you know or if it's just kelly you know if we get recognized it's it's fine and then but if it's two of us it's always kind of like you know the double take of are these girls really friends? Or And then if it's the three of us, it's just, like, insane, you know? It's like, what are you guys all doing together, you know? But uh, one you time... Do always I, hang out? We, yeah, we do. We do hang out. Like, I... I, I, no, went, just, I was kind of making fun of how they would probably be like, do you guys yeah. always hang out? You know, yeah. Like, and but, you guys do. I mean, that's great. I know? remember one time we, I had gone to Florida to visit Kelly because she was living there for a little bit, and... Uh, we were going to IHOP, and we were crossing the street, and this person drives by in their car, and they just were singing our song, like, hey, California Dreams, and then, like, he started singing the song out the window, and we were like, hi. <laughs> it was just, just random. It's, it's so random in, in Florida, in, yeah. you know, a suburb of Florida going to IHOP. It was, it was quite funny. I just I think that's awesome that they a recognized you like right off the bat you know like driving down the road I mean exactly I don't, I don't know how many like if I you know no offense I've seen you guys no I no yeah have, like taken a little bit of time to like register that you know I think that's that's why you know if it's like one of us okay if it's two of us it's it's like oh what are you guys doing and then if it's three of us it's it's just kind of like mind blowing yeah a little bit wacky. That's awesome. Um, and, no, and it's great that you guys hang out and have a great time together and um, do all that stuff outside of, uh, you know, of, of working. And you guys seem super supportive of each other, you know. And yeah. That's, it's, and that's it's a great thing. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's, you know, uh, even, you know, like Kelly and Michael, you know, my husband is in a in a band and they come to watch you know him and just really great and and i re- i remember just the other day uh kelly's husband is like so like who are, who are matt's uh uh fans and does he have groupies and and i go yeah me and at the same time kelly goes yeah us you know so it, it's it, yeah we we try and get together as much as we can that's awesome yeah so yeah no and you guys um guys seem really cool about that um yeah 
And, you know, and, and that's the funny thing, because uh, Kelly's also got, like, Baywatch going for her, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, I, I'm sure when that was going on, you must have been going crazy that, you know, one of your friends was on, when, you know, like, she was on one of the, I guess, one of the top one of the shows m- of all time. Of you know? all like, time. The most watch show in the world. You know, I the way I, I, I thought about that before, you know, I just feel like, Whenever one of my friends has success, that means it's success for me. Like, and I'm really happy for them. You know, we've we're all going through this, you know, together. And especially with the, you know, the state of of where economy is and all that kind of stuff. It's and even before that, I should say, you know, whenever any of my friends, you know, gets a, a great gig or a gig, and you know, many of my friends are artists too. You know, it's it's great. You know, and it's it's a good thing to be supportive, you know, because we need to support each other, and it's important to support the arts. That's yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely, and it's uh, it like it is an art. It's an art form, right there, mm-hmm. you know. And being able to go out there and uh, show your support to your friends and tell you know, tell them, you know, that they're doing a great job no matter what, and they're doing the same for you, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys, I guess you guys, you said you had met Kelly, you know, at the first auditions, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you guys became friends throughout, you know, mm-hmm. like, no matter what, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say, you know, when she was on Baywatch, it was a funny story, hopefully she won't mind me telling it, but they had called her to come in to Baywatch, and I remember when it was myself, Kelly, and then one of her other best friends, we'd gone with her to this audition, and... When we got there, the look was very different than what she was. You know, there were, you know, maybe what you would think of the type of girls that might be on Baywatch. And so Kelly said, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm not staying here. And and we were like, no, you're staying here. You don't know what part you're going for. That You could be going for a completely different part. She's like, all right. So she goes in and what have you. And, you know, turns out they had written this specific character for her. You know, it was it was kind of similar to the Nicole Eggert part, but it was different. You know, it was the wholesome California girl, um, and so I'm glad she stayed. You know, she, she she probably would have ended up coming back another time, but I remember at the time she was like, no, I'm not staying here. And I want to say that, you know, when she got on the show, she really did swim a lot, you know, in the beginning of that, you know, to really – just see what it was like and really build her muscles and she really wanted to be authentic to you know the show and uh she really did you know her scuba diving and she really did her cpr training so i would say that she really took that job seriously and you know it's baywatch you know and people make fun of it but she really did she would get out there she would get out there and swim she would stay in there as long as she had to in the ocean you know and it wasn't all the time on the Pacific Coast, you know, the water's not really hot. So if they had to shoot when it wasn't summer yet or when the water was like 60 and 50 degrees, you know, that's not easy. So she really, yeah. really went the full distance. Yeah, no, and um, I've I've heard, I'm I'm a lifeguard myself, but I've uh, not through Red Cross, actually, through another company, but, um, you know, was it the, the I've heard that the beach training is, more brutal and nasty, so mm-hmm. you know, it really I, was. I, 
Yeah, and I feel bad that she had to, you know, I mean, she pretty much had to do that every day, I'm sure. And well, she loved it, you know, and, and the thing is, it's good. It, it it was really good for her because, you know, she could go away from that job taking, you know, the just the rewards of really doing it and and really trying to be authentic to what real lifeguards would, would do. So That's great. Um, yeah. Yeah, so um let's uh let's get back I guess. Um I forgot to ask this when I was asking about the Save by the Bell. But were they ever I was always kind of wondering if they were ever thinking about doing a crossover episode where Save by the Bell characters would meet California <laughs> characters or Well, I'm not sure about that, but what we did crossover on was we did a uh a game show. I can't remember exactly uh what it was called, but it was a game show. It was like a, um, not not quite like a wipeout or anything, but it wasn't like an obstacle thing. It was kind of like... Um, like a double dare or... No, it was like a, you know, like an exercise show where we had to like uh, run through tires and do obstacle courses. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, yeah, I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> it was hilarious. I was like, oh gosh, no, I don't, I don't want this to be filmed. I'll just let them go, you know. So we had to, we had to get in different teams. And, uh, you know, I remember it was like Saved by the Bell against California Dreams against um, one other show. I can't remember what the other show was, but that was really fun. And uh, then we also did some crossover for our promote, our promotional commercials. So I remember Mario being at one of those promotional commercial uh, shoots, and uh, he was a sweetie pie then. Um so yeah, we, that's the only time I remember having crossover with the show. Oh, that's really great. Uh, no, and, and and I guess you must have kind of met the actors from those shows and stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah. Because at, at one point we were filming on on the same lot as uh, Say by the Bell in their later years. Oh, um, wow. So at some point when they were filming College Years, we we were at the same uh, NBC lot. Oh, cool. So, um, and and that was what I was also going to ask: is uh, were they ever thinking of doing California Dreams psychology years, or? I don't know. Not that I'm aware of. Okay, no. So. Yeah. I don't know if that was ever brought up or an idea. <laughs> not to way. my knowledge. Okay. Not to my knowledge. Well, then that would have been cool too. So, <laughs> you know, uh, see what you guys are up to in college. You know. Yeah. But. Because you only have uh, pretty much four years in uh, high school. Exactly, exactly. You know, so there's only like, I guess, technically four seasons that you could really, you know, to, to really do. That's why kind of teen shows are kind of like, a lot of them are starting off in junior high exactly. or whatever these days so that they can go, you know, even Good Morning Miss Bliss did that. Exactly. So, I mean, that was that was smart of them to get more episodes. Um, yeah. It gives um, you a, yeah. a longer time to develop the characters and, and more episodes. And, you know, see what works and what doesn't, I guess, mm-hmm. you know. Um, now, did you guys have any, like, uh, I guess this will be the last uh, question for uh, California Dreams until we okay. get into the other stuff, but okay. do you guys have any kind of um, say into the, the, the episodes themselves, like the right, you know, kind of what you, what you want to see as far as the writing or anything goes like Well, you know, we would talk to the writers about, you know, if there was something we wanted brought up or, you know, maybe not brought up, but uh you know, they were always open to that. And though 
they had a specific idea of who each character was going into it. So, you know, if there was something that, you know, we wanted to change or what have you, we, we, were, we were able to talk to them about it. And um, I just I remember them just being very open to it. Really cool. Yeah, that's uh, one question I, I, I wanted to know because, you know, I know how some of their shows, I'm, I'm sure a lot of it's uh, all about the writing. So mm-hmm. they might be a little uh, closed off about mm-hmm. what, they, what they expect, you know. And, sure. Um, but um, I guess if we're gonna uh, we're gonna move on, um, but we're gonna kind of segue into um, a little bit more TV. Um, I want to talk about Family Matters. And, <laughs> okay. And uh, the Nanny. Um, okay. What were those shows like? Uh, being on those after, <laughs> after California Dreams. Well, Family Matters. Wow, that was uh, that was really fun to shoot. Um, that was a very well oiled running show, so their schedule was a lot shorter than ours. Uh, their schedule was a three-day shoot schedule, and, um, you know, they were a very popular show at the time, and so they, you know, in, they were prime time, and so they had stand-ins, you know, for their their main characters, which was amazing because it just made everything go so quickly. And... Uh, I remember being on that show. It was really fun. It was just a fun time, and uh, I met my friend who I haven't seen in a while. Um, uh, gosh, what's his? He's the Del Taco guy, and um, we were in the episode together, and it was just really fun because we had the same acting teacher, and she came, and uh, that was a really fun time. My parents came, um, so that was fun. And then the nanny, you know, that was a really, really great experience for me to to have because I didn't really know too much about Fran Drescher, and she was just a beautiful person, like inside and out, and she was a really, really wise businesswoman. And um, she was just, I remember when she walked in, she didn't have any makeup, and her skin was just like porcelain. She was gorgeous. And um, and the director of, of that episode, her name is Dorothy Lyman, who was Naomi on Mama's Family, and so I was thinking, who is that? Uh, who's that character? Uh, I know her somewhere. And and then and and then my husband said, oh, she's um, from Mama's Family. And then I was like, oh my gosh, you know. And to see a woman director, also, I just love it, you know. Um, but the funny thing about that episode was, <laughs> you know, I played her her. Uh, her daughter that she adopted, you know, from TV, you know, and uh, they wanted me to be very much like so, you know, I wanted to be like, like Fran, you know, in the episode. So my, my skirts, first of all, were so short. And whenever they would check my wardrobe, they're like, no, it has to be shorter. No. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to sit down. And um, it was just, it was funny because, you know, her character wanted to be just like Fran. Uh, and then the other funny thing was I had to, like, kiss the, the son so many times. And I think I was above 18, and I wasn't really sure if he was above 18 or not, uh-oh, at the time, you know. And so it was just really funny, and they had to keep reshooting it. And it was just really embarrassing, but it was funny. And then years later, years later, his name is Benjamin. He came to see Avenue Q in Las Vegas. And I said, and he was somewhat newly married, and he came backstage. 
And uh, so I said, hey, Benjamin. I go, my name's Jenny. I said, we've worked together before. He's like, oh. I said, yeah, um, we were on Mommy and Me where I had to play, blah, blah, blah. And, and he said, oh, yeah. And I said, yeah, and we had to make out. And he, and then all of a sudden, like, he turned red, and his wife was just, like, laughing. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just really funny. So <laughs> it was that was a very funny thing. But, yeah, I just remember that I really had a lot of respect for her and, um I just thought she was really smart, and just just aside from being smart, you know, she just, it was just a different, it was, she was just different than I expected her to be. Right, no, I mean, she seems like a really, uh, you know, really professional woman who... Very knows, professional. ...knows what she's doing and, uh, you know, does a great job, you know. Yeah, yeah. Everything so, I've with her, so... I, I, I really learned a lot from, from watching her and... and, and Dorothy Lyman, yeah. And uh, somebody I had, um, oh, what is it? Uh, somebody I had, I watched an episode of Entourage recently, and uh, Fran was in, in a, that episode. Oh. And uh, I did not uh, recognize her at all. Until oh. Rolled because, uh, well, a she got rid of her, uh, you know, she got rid of her accent. And wow. Did not it, did, just, it didn't seem like Fran at all, and it was a really good job and. I just I think that that shows a lot of my, a lot of people I had seen that didn't even recognize her and we were just like talking about that and it was just like it was like oh my god uh, she's definitely a very a very good actress so yeah it must have been an awesome like experience just being able to work with her you know it was all. it was it was a really great experience um, okay so and uh, the next question I had is uh, about um, you know, I have to tell you, I, I love this movie um, that you were in, uh, Trojan War. I <laughs> know. Uh, I mean, it, it was really, I mean, it was fun, you know. <laughs> and, it, like, because I had uh, been a fan of Boy Meets World um, uh-huh. as well. So I had grown up with, like, Wilfred L. and yes. everything. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people actually, like, know him personally and everything. So he's a really I, nice I talked to a lot of people about that. But he's, yeah, he's a really nice guy from what I've heard. So, um, but what was uh, what was it like working on that movie? Well, I'll tell you what I remember from that. Uh, it was the first time I had done night shoots and all the way through the night. And so I was a little bit nervous. I was like, am I going to be able to stay up all night? <laughs> and <laughs> I remember that, you know, I was just like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. And um, it was really interesting. I did it, you know, and, of course, I I would sleep during the day. Um, but I remember at one point I was outside and I remember the sun coming up, you know, and it was just, it was just a, a different experience. It was really fun, actually. I, I've, you know, I, I say all my jobs are fun, but they were. Um, but uh, yeah, so I just remember doing the party scenes all night long, and um, and uh, I felt bad though because um, one of my scenes I had to slap Danny Masterson across the face, <laughs> and I did it. And then after <laughs> they said cut, he's like. Ow, God, that, you, wow, that really hurt. And I was like, oh, he's like, no, 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 it's okay. He's like, but that one really hurt. And I was like, okay, I won't hit as hard next time. But it was just funny, you know. And, um, you know, it, again, it was at the time when all the, the teen movies, kind of like in the 80s when they had, like, The Breakfast Club and 
16 candles and the brat pack yeah that was the new you know that was the new thing of of the 90s you know to to have these movies again and i was really happy to be part of that and uh and it was really cool i didn't get to work with him but anthony michael hall you know was in it and lee majors was in it i did i remember seeing lee majors for like a couple seconds um but he like drove this crazy truck I think in the movie and I remember they were just kind of driving it around like the the party house and uh so yeah so um you know I had one friend who I knew prior to filming that uh Jason who um was Jason on there too. Uh-huh. Um so uh you know that was that was really fun to 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 do that and um Marley Shelton who was in the movie who you know has gone on to do several several movies it was she was a really great actress i you know i enjoyed exactly. kind of yeah. watching her process there were a lot of you know fun young you know up and coming and you know already popular you know people of my age on 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 that movie so it was a really fun time Exactly, and um, yeah, no, and you said like Jason Marsden, who I was a big fan of, like from back in the day, you know, when he was in like stuff like, you know, well, he was obviously in Boy Meets World, yeah, Step by Step, and mm-hmm. all the TV that he had done. I think I'm not sure. Did he also do Blossom for a little bit? He might have. I'm pretty sure if he didn't, um, he, you know, he could have. Yeah, you know, it, at that point, it's so. yeah, it's kind of like a blur when you have all those TV shows under your belt. You know, I'm sure you might <laughs> get it after a while. Like, so much stuff that he's done. Yeah, incredible. And I'm like, I'm always like in shock when I I look over at his IMDb, uh, you know, and all of a sudden his credits go up and up and up some more. I know. <laughs> so it's it's great and. It's cool to see a lot of the people that I kind of grew up on are still out there, you know, making a living doing it. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's tough, you know. It is, yeah. It, it is. So, I, you know, I applaud them. And uh, you, I, a lot of people might think it's easy to kind of go out there, but, you know, you know what I mean? Like, oh, if you have, like, this so, this so many movies, then all of a sudden, you know, uh, you're going to be able to get more and more work. Right, right. It's not necessarily true, is it? Maybe not in this day and age, you know, with everything changing, you know. that Right now, there's just a lot of transition, you know, not only, you know, in, in the country, but also in the entertainment business. So there's just a lot of transition, and hopefully, you know, it'll there'll come a time soon that it opens more opportunities for all the actors, you know, and... Um, like you said, you know, it's true. I think a lot of people, you know, come to L.A., you know, with stars in their eyes. It happens every day. And, uh, you know, it does happen for some people. It really does, you know. Um, but right now, again, the business is in transition, and um, I'm hoping that the transition takes a turn for the better really soon here. Um, hopefully it will, too, because... It's it's hard um, with money, you know, the economy and everything. So, you know, everything's kind of tough right now, I think, for a lot of people. So, um, but uh, hopefully things will start uh, getting better for everybody. Yeah, you know? you know, and it's it's funny because sometimes I get this question a lot: Are you still acting? And I think people just kind of <laughs> relate, you know, TV or film actors as just being on TV or film, but. You know, at the same time, then they don't know, for example, there are musical theater actors who are so talented who, you know, we go out on tour for a year and a half, you know, or two right. years, or, you know, who make 
a living acting, you know, and and I think it's just it again, it's just a different it's a different uh point of view it's a different lifestyle it's a different you know people sometimes aren't used to it if they're not used to going to see theater so um but just to you know give props to all the musical theater actors out there too who are successful and and are able to make a living too and thank god that you know i've been able to be blessed to be able to almost have touched every genre really you know and so my question my answer to that is yes i still am acting <laughs> Well, that's great. Um, so I guess uh, one of the last uh, things that um, I want to talk about is um, I definitely want to talk about Avatar a little bit. Um, yeah. What What is that like, you know, doing that? Uh, it's a cartoon, right? Like, yes. It was uh, an animated series, and it was really – that was awesome. It was just fun. I love doing voiceovers, and, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot more voiceovers lately. And um, But Avatar – you know, again, I didn't know it was going to turn out to be such a huge, widely successful series. I, I really, I really didn't. You know, I just, I came on as a guest star. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I, I ended up being like a reoccurring regular. You know, like, and towards the end, I was like in the last six episodes, which I was just like, wow, thank you guys. You know, it was, it was great. Um, what would happen was we we would come in, you know, sometimes you would be with the whole cast, depending on who is available. You'd read through the script, you know, you'd get the direction. Sometimes it would just be the scenes that you were in um, with one character. Uh, but uh, I remember one of the last episodes I did, <laughs> and honestly, I didn't even know who he was, like, at the time, you know, because some years had passed. But uh, Mark Hamill, who was in Star Wars, um, played one of the characters, and uh, when we came out of the booth, I, I was like, "Oh, that's Mark Hamill." Okay, hi, yeah, yeah. I guess I know who you are, right? You know, and uh, it was really cool. You know, he, I think he played the Fire Lord, and um, that was really cool. He was, yeah, he could contort his voice into anything he wanted it to be. It was cool. He's really definitely cool. like, yeah, he's gotten that. Um but he does a lot of uh, voiceover work now and everything. Yeah. And it's just crazy because, like, he's he's played, like, the Joker, I think, or something. Yeah. Uh, for, like, Batman. And then also he was, uh, you know, he was in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> yeah. As, like, himself or whatever, but, like, kind of parodying himself. But mm -hmm. it's just really funny because, like, I saw him on that mo in that movie and I'm like, Man, you know, you couldn't. I, I wouldn't have been able to recognize him if I saw him. Like, you know, yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely changed, and it's good. You know, it's it's cool. You know, like yeah, just crazy that um, people had to actually put up those signs and say, "Hey, kids, it's Mark Hamill." Like, <laughs> oh, you know. And I'm sure when you saw him, you're like, "Wait, I know that name, but you know." Well, I I mean, I knew the name once. I knew the name, but you know what happened was he was already in the booth before I got in there, and so then after you know, and it was our last, it was our last episode. Then when he came out, and you know, people were just talking to him, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I know who you are." Oh, you're Luke Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool though. And uh, who would have thought that the guy who played Luke Skywalker? would be the one doing voiceover cartoons and not, like, James Earl Jones or, you know, people like that who play, like, Darth Vader, you know, who did yeah. the, the voice of that, you know? Yeah. 
but um well no that's that's great and uh, so I'm guessing Avatar is that do you know if that's still being shown on Nickelodeon or It is it's 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 being shown I believe in reruns and they are doing a live action feature for it which M Night Shyamalan is is directing and uh so I'll be excited to see that Whoa, is it kind of like the, uh, I guess, like the Dragon Ball Z kind of thing? Where yeah, I'm hoping it's going to be, uh, yeah, I mean, from what I've seen, it, it it looks pretty cool, so we're going to have to see what happens with it. They're still really in production. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's that's great. And um, is somebody playing your character? Or? Yes, yes, someone is. <laughs> that's someone awesome. Someone is playing my character, yeah. That's great. Um no, and uh, uh, also I guess uh, I just saw that you did like the video game voice too. Mm-hmm. That's really cool, though. Yeah, and, that was fun because uh, on one of the video games I did, I believe I did three of them. I can't even remember now, but you know, one of them was like I was a narrator for it, so it was it was like push the yellow button to go to the next layer or something. You know, it was, it was really funny. You know, because I'm giving them like fighting directions, and then push the button to go to here, you know? So it was, it was cool. Wow, really cool. Um, and I'm, I'm sure, do you do you still watch that show, like, when it's on TV? Or? Once in a while, I do. Yeah, you know, I um, I also, they had it already on on uh, the box set, so I just need one more so I can have the complete set. Oh, wow. So mm-hmm. that's really cool, though. Yeah. And, um, okay, well, um, one of, also another one of the last things I want to ask is, um, talk a little bit about your, uh, your music career. <laughs> you know, it, I, gosh, I just, I'm just, yeah, I'm really, I'm so lucky. I, I, I always said, you know, when I was younger, if, if music fell into my lap, I would do it, you know, and it, it has fallen into my lap more than once, and, um, Nobody's Angel is, also something that's really close to my heart, you know. Uh my girlfriend, Ali, Alita, who, you know, I spoke of earlier, um, she's an original member of Nobody's Angel and uh when they needed some girls to come in, she called me and uh gosh, it was just we just had we it, it was an interesting road. It was an interesting road and uh a really, really, I learned a lot, and I had so much fun, so much fun. Um, just a couple of little things, you know, for our sophomore album, we were in the studio, we, you know, we sang all of our backups, we sang all of our leads, we sang, we just, we were really hands-on, we wrote um, one of the songs, and really great, you know, and, uh, you know, Nobody's Angel, in that rendition, um, was at a time when the record industry also was changing, right on the cusp of when, you know, the Internet was becoming very strong. And, you know, I think we were signed to Hollywood Records, which is owned by Disney, and we were the prototype for, for example, like, you know, the Jonas Brothers or the Cheetah Girls or, you know, uh, Hannah Montana, you know, they we were talking synergy you know how do we how do we you know do an album tie a tv show together and go on tour you know and um you know at the time it's all timing you know at the time it just wasn't right you know and then you know they they really got the synergy idea together 
And so, you know, it was a really great learning experience. We had our own pilot that we were, you know, consulting producers on, and we actually shot the pilot. We were uh, supposed to be on ABC Family. And, you know, uh, when there's a lot of turnover, you know, in, in uh, amongst, you know, the higher-ups, you know, that kind of just changes, you know, maybe some person wants something different or, you know, they have different visions. So, um, unfortunately, that's where that road led to. You know, it just kind of, you know, took a different direction. But I will say, you know, I'm really proud of the album that we that we put together, you know, handpicked our songs, and they're really good songs. Um, I wish, you know, the world would have been able to hear it, but, you know, that's that's the way it goes. And, uh, again, you know, like Allie's one of my, you know, best girlfriends, and, um, you know, Sarah is starting a family, and Ty has a family, and um, and I see Allie still, you know, and she's doing great, you know. She has her own children's show that she's um, she's put together, so that's really great, and I'm really happy for her. And um, but yeah, like I was just thinking about that, that you know, the days of of you know going on our mini tours and the funny things that would happen to us. Like I have a couple little you know stories that I, I can share. Uh, we had gone to a Grammy party. <laughs> This is like one of the first times that we were, you know, like going on an outing, you know, the four of us. And this was going to be part of our, you know, like one of the funny things that happened to us. But we were going to a Grammy party. And we took Allie's car, and she was like, oh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, you know, I don't want to take my car because, you know, like, some of the sides were banged up, you know, and, you know, most of the stars were coming out in, like, these limos or fancy cars, and here come these four girls, you know, like, in this beat-up car, and we had to park down the street, and we didn't even have money to park, and, and we didn't want to pull up, you know, on the red carpet, and we were just like, so we had to, like, park down the street, and, like, Allie was like, no, 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 don't park too close, don't park too close. And, you know, here we are, like, getting out, like, you know, with all these popular, you know, singers and stuff. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, only us can this happen. I don't know why we took her car that night. I, I can't remember why, but uh, my car probably wouldn't have been any better, you know, really. But uh, And to top it off, her car was turquoise at the time. So it was like, oh, my gosh, you can't miss that car. You know, so, um, and then, like, one, another story is, uh, we had opened up for a popular, uh, singer who will remain nameless, and I remember, you know, that her fans were, like, lined up since the morning time to see this, this person, and, um, you know, it was really cool that we were opening up for, for her, and, uh, and I remember it was just a crazy show because she didn't show up for two hours, like she was two hours late for her, her show. And so, like, of course, then we had to open for for her. And, uh, and you know, the fans were waiting all day. And, and uh, I remember someone, when we were on stage, at some point had thrown something and it hit my head. And I was like, all right, who threw that? You know, because I was not playing at the time, you know. And uh, we had a really good show that night. And, um, and I think we went over some of 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 of, of this person's fans, and uh, I remember she showed up, you know, and and then basically gave like a twenty minute performance, Whoa. you know, to track without really singing live, and 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 it was just kind of disappointing, you know, and and I remember some of the fans as we were walking out, they're like, we let you show better, and we we're like, 
yes, you know, like we worked really hard, you know, we rehearsed a lot and we really sang and we were, you know, trying to sing, you know, less and less, you know, with like our tracks and stuff, like all our vocals were live, but like even singing our harmonies, like less and less, you know, to track so we can like get better and better, you know, so it was like a huge compliment, you know, but anything can happen when you, when you get in front of an audience, you know, anything can happen and it, things did happen that night, but, uh, it was, it was a good time and, uh, I was really proud of us and, um, we worked really hard and it's a project and a project that I really am proud of and, uh, you know, I spent a few years doing that, and I wow. just have good things to say about it, but I did learn a lot about the music industry. Um, and, you know, uh, all I can say is uh, uh, if I ever, you know, go down, you know, that path again, you know, I'll be better equipped. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah definitely. Um, so I guess you're not doing Nobody's Angel, uh, like, you know, anytime soon. Yeah. You know <laughs> Not at this point. That would be really fun, though. I would love it. That would be really fun. Maybe you guys can make another uh, group together at some point. <laughs> you know, like, you know? That'd be yeah. It would it would be fun. Um, would be fun. But um, I guess uh, to close it up, uh, are you, what are your upcoming projects that people can uh, look out for? Well, what I can say is, um, I you know finished out my tour and I have been home. I, I came home, you know, to to uh have some downtime and personal time and spend time with my family. And uh honestly I'm just revamping up, you know. Um I'm getting back into the swing of things finally here at home and uh hopefully more to come and more to come soon, I'm hoping. All right, awesome. And hopefully more people can look out for you. Um now we we talked before uh, over the phone about maybe like uh, an official website or something maybe uh, coming up on the horizon. But yeah, yeah, uh, I I actually uh, have to talk to one of my uh, my uh, girlfriends who is going to be helping me put my official website together. But um, just in the meantime, there are <laughs> unofficial Jenny Kwan websites that have been on and um, tons of California Dreams um, fan websites and. Uh, um, but pretty soon here. I'm hoping by the end of the summer I'll have my official website up now that I have the time to put it together. Awesome. And you got a little bit of downtime, I guess, right? So yeah. Have, uh... Yeah. So just, you know, that's the life of an actor, you know, when you're not working. You know, for me, it's about just, you know, keeping active and, and doing the things that I didn't have time to do while I was working, you know, to put things back together. And that's where I'm at right now. Well, thank you. You've uh, you've talked for almost two hours. Already. Oh boy! Okay. Uh, did almost the whole show, so that's wow. Awesome. Considering you weren't like thinking you had enough to talk about. Oh, like I don't have anything. I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but uh, now I've blabbed for two hours. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, uh, I'm sure everybody was listening, and uh, uh, your friends were uh, <laughs> were listening. Uh, we had a lot of. I mean, we had a good amount of callers call in and talk to you so that's good you know people Thanks. uh people are really excited about this and um so just yeah let people know if you want and about this and um i'll uh you know i'll let everybody know you know to come listen to your show and everything well and i appreciate you having me jonathan and it was a fun experience and uh thanks for you know supporting the show and and uh wanting to ask me questions i feel very honored about that and uh 
you know, thanks for getting the word out there about our DVD, and, and we're really happy if people want to watch it, and thank you. No, I feel I feel honored uh, that you actually agreed to go on the show. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, she's probably just not even going to answer, not even going to reply, so... Not, not that you, you know, not that you would like yourself, you know, but knowing that you're really busy, you know. Thank you. I, yeah. I, you might, you know, not have time to do it. So thank you so much for coming on. And uh, yeah, no, and uh, tell everybody that uh, if they want to get the word out. Just let me know, and we'll we'll have other California Dreams people. That'd be great on the show. Yeah. About it. I mean, that'd be great. Uh, it'd be awesome. So I'm um, really excited about uh, more stuff happening with it. So. Thank you. And I can't wait for seasons two, uh, three and four coming out. Me too. Uh, let's let's get them <laughs> out there. Let's get more people to buy the DVD, so maybe they'll they'll go out there and uh, make more. Yes, yes, for sure. Okay, well, thank you so much, Jonathan. Thank you. Good luck. All right, you too. Okay, take okay. care. You t- bye. Bye bye. Uh, that was Jenny Kwan, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, next week I have. Um, uh, hold on one uh, second. Um, crap. Um, Kayla Perkins is going to be on my show next week. Uh, Kayla is a uh, actress from Kentucky who will be here talking about her stuff. So uh, next week at the same time, 10 o'clock uh, p.m. Um, Thursday uh, night, uh, we'll have that, and then we'll uh, we may have an awesome special guest uh, the next. Thursday or so, uh, we'll see. I can't really say anything yet until uh, things become, uh, you know, specific. But um, thank you so much, and I uh, hope you guys had a good time listening to the show as I had a good time uh, doing the show. Thank you. Bye-bye.